We all have paradigms and roadblocks that prevent us from excelling, and they can be real or imagined. Welcome to Beyond Bricks, a podcast that will give you the ability to break through those walls. Here's Dr. Nathan Unruh. Hello, everyone. I'm here with a good friend, Julie Lout, and I'm excited to talk about leadership. She's got some great perspectives that I know you're going to take a lot of nuggets from. But before we get into leadership, Julie, and first of all, thanks for doing this. You're welcome. Because I know you're really excited about yeah. being in this environment. She's yeah. Not. <laughs> Tell me your story. How did you get to the place you are today? Well, I think, you know, all along in all of my different roles and positions, I didn't necessarily say I want to be the CFO of a health system someday. I started wanting to be an actuary, actually. So mm -hmm. I had a double major in accounting and mathematics at uh, USD. And I, at the time, was debating, do I want to go the actuary route? Mm -hmm. Do I want to go the CPA route? And um, you had to have two years of working as a CPA in order to get your license. So I went into public accounting. And what I knew I loved is numbers. Mm -hmm. But what I also learned in public accounting is that I liked working with clients and with people. Mm -hmm. And so over the course of my career at Coopers and Librand, and then we went through a merger with PricewaterhouseCoopers, I realized that I wanted to be inside an organization. So I would go in and do audits. And then I would leave and I would never really get to see anything through. So mm -hmm. I was always in the position of auditing a company mm -hmm. and then leaving and not really being part of their strategy or part of their mm -hmm. growth opportunities or whatnot. So at the time that was in Phoenix, Arizona, mm -hmm. made the decision to move back to uh, Sioux Falls and uh, Avera was the place that I landed. And I started as a controller for their managed facilities. From there, I went into McKinnon, which was mm -hmm. the largest um, part of our system, and I grew to financial um, vice president for finance. Mm -hmm. I then became the CFO in 2008. And I, what I find is each time I took a new position, I wanted to further my understanding. I wanted to be able to continue to grow, and I felt like I was learning enough that I could put myself in that position. So. Um, held a role then for that role until 2017. And then we centralized our finance. I became the system level operational finance vice president. And in 2020, I was named the CFO. So it was a journey throughout. But what I really realized is I wanted to continue to progress to a position where I could be influential in the success of the organization. Okay, so let's talk Avera for a second. Yeah. How big is Avera? We are um, three and a half billion, so our mm -hmm. system is pretty ex expansive. Our footprint covers South Dakota, we're in Minnesota, we're in Iowa, we have a little bit in Nebraska. Um, and so we are a large organization, mm -hmm. um, multiple different hospitals, clinics, et cetera. So we have long-term care facilities. So if there's a part of a health system, mm -hmm. we've got it within Avera. So what you hear there, there's a lot of people, mm -hmm. a lot of lives, mm -hmm. and you being the CFO, it's a big deal. It is, yeah. yes. It's a lot of responsibility. Yes, yes. big time. <laughs> so as this listening to your journey, when you made the decision to say, hey, I don't want to just crunch the numbers, if you will. Mm -hmm. I want to be a part of people. Mm -hmm. I want to be a part of strategy. Mm -hmm. What was the kind of the, that turning point where you say, okay, this is, I want to make that jump? Yeah, because I think that's a big deal. 
Yeah, I think it was about everything that I was doing, I always wanted to learn more about it. So when you're just crunching the numbers and you're doing an audit, you're, you know, essentially saying, is everything accurate? Is everything right? Well, I always wanted to understand more about why does it work that way? How do you get to that? How, what are the next pieces? So I think for me, when I was just, and not just crunching the numbers, but understanding an organization, mm -hmm. I found myself wanting to know more about it. Mm -hmm. And then you'd leave and go to the next client. And you'd learn about that client, and then you'd leave and go to the next client. And I was always finding myself, I wanted to follow through. I didn't want mm -hmm. to just see where they were at year end. I wanted to be part of what's their strategy, what's their growth, how mm -hmm. does that work? So I was always very inquisitive mm -hmm. and wanted to learn more about aspects of the operations. You want to help build something. Yeah. So, because I'm guessing as a controller and as a CFO, you're usually looking at the numbers right. after the fact. Right. But what you wanted to do is come upstream. Yes. And let's put some strategy to this so we can change. Right. Is that fair? Yes, that's very fair. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to be able to connect more dots than okay. just add mm -hmm. it up at the end. Okay. So Very good. All right. So we're talking about leadership. Mm -hmm. What are some key attributes that you've had to learn yep. that you have seen in other leaders that you think is so key for leaders today? Yeah. I would say, and I don't know that this is necessarily learned, it's more of um, passion. I would start mm -hmm. with passion. I think to be a good leader in whatever space it's in, you have to have a passion for what it is mm -hmm. you're doing. Mm -hmm. Whether it's the industry you're in, the type of position you hold, mm -hmm. the teams that you're leading, et cetera, mm -hmm. you have to have that passion there. Mm -hmm. And because uh, that's what's gonna drive you and motivate you and keep mm -hmm. you functioning, even when you have those amazing days and when you have those not so great days, yeah. there has to be something underneath it that's driving you. Yeah. So that would be one of my top. Okay, so let me pull that one apart. Yeah. Describe passion. Um, passion is engagement. You want to, um, you understand what it's all about. At Avera, it's our mission. So I'm very passionate about what it is, is that our mission, you mm -hmm. know, we want to improve the life and the healths of those mm -hmm. that we serve. And so we know that we're doing it under our Christian values. We yep. know what's driving us. And even when you're in the numbers or in a budget or mm -hmm. in operations, you know what's driving the underlying mm -hmm. mission of the organization. Mm -hmm. It's always front and center. And if you're passionate about it, you'll get through those tough days mm -hmm. and you'll manage through it. And you'll be even more excited when you mm -hmm. can help achieve success. Mm -hmm. So I think it's about understanding why you're doing it. Okay. I, I, and I don't want you to miss what she just said. It's wonderfully said and brilliant. Passion is really, if we look at the core of the word, mm -hmm. it means to suffer for. Mm -hmm. And what you just heard Julie say, or I heard you say, is cause. You gotta be causally motivated, which mm -hmm. is the mission. Mm -hmm. And if you can rally behind the why, the hows will take care of themselves, and that's really passion. Exactly. Okay, give me another attribute. Courage. I think that mm -hmm. um, in, in a space of leadership, you have to have the courage around mm -hmm. multiple different aspects. You have to have courage to speak up for what you believe, the courage to have your opinion, try to be influential, but also the courage that sometimes when your way of doing things or your answer isn't the one that as an organization, maybe you move forward with, you have mm -hmm. to have the courage to support it and the courage to not have not be afraid to have difficult conversations, mm -hmm. um, the courage to make difficult decisions, even when you don't, your heart wants to do something different, but your mind knows this is mm -hmm. what my job as a leader is. I'm protecting, you know, certain aspects of the organization. So I'm going to have the courage to do maybe something that's not even comfortable at the time. Mm -hmm. So courage to me is a really big one. I think it's 
early in my career, it was about finding your voice and not being afraid to use it um, throughout whatever, you know, was being brought your way. Yeah, so you said something I had never considered until you just said it. Mm-hmm. Courage is finding your voice. Courage mm-hmm. is being willing to speak up. But you also said courage is being okay, not being right. Mm-hmm. And still rallying behind exactly. and having the courage to follow. Yep. Right? I've never yeah. heard courage. That's a great way to describe yeah. courage. Yeah. There's a lot to that. Mm-hmm. All right, give me another attribute. You have to be a good listener. You have to be willing to not always start with what your opinion or what your perspective is, but know sometimes as a leader, if you say first what you're thinking, mm-hmm. you might not get the opinions of everybody around you that are very valuable. So I think it's important to know when to listen. Mm-hmm. It's important to know how to listen. And then it's important to know how to take all of that collective feedback mm-hmm. as well to, to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what I'm trying to learn to do better. And I've watched great leaders, so it's, it's mm-hmm. you know, comforting me to hear you say the same thing. How do we listen more than talk? Yeah. Because leading is not just talking. Yeah. yeah. I think it's hard for me sometimes. You want to lead with your opinion because right. you're just, you, I'm not afraid to speak mm-hmm. what it is. I'm not afraid to be out there. And I've learned that if sometimes if you do that, you will influence those around you. And so mm-hmm. it's better to actually sometimes mm-hmm. allow others to speak first. Awesome. So who are some great leaders that you would consider either that have helped you along the path or leaders that you really admire? Yeah, I I thought about this question and I will say I'm a very visual person Mm -hmm. um, in how I learn, see things, etc. And so I would say I've been fortunate in my career to have great mentors along the way. So when I think of great leaders, I think of them. And mm-hmm. I think of when I was in public accounting, I had a partner that I worked directly for. Mm-hmm. He was really good at setting the tone for how to get something accomplished, how to manage your time in a good way, mm-hmm. how to engage with um, the different companies that you'd be with, et cetera. As I progressed in my leadership, I watched, um, had some great mentors again at Avera where I've been able to witness how to manage through conflict, Mm -hmm. how to be able to have an opinion, but be okay with, you know, overall discussions around that. Um, It's really, for me, it's been the mentors that I've had along the way that Mm -hmm. I've seen things work in action. Mm -hmm. And when I see that, I want to try to model those behaviors. Mm -hmm. So that's great. I think that is recapping the attributes, passion, courage, Mm -hmm. being a good listener, Mm -hmm. and then being a good observer. Mm -hmm. Who's, who are you allowing to speak into your life? Who are you watching that can help level you up? Right. Yeah, I think And being great. in a constant state of learning. Yeah, love it. So I'm going to ask you a question because um, I don't always get to interview strong leaders in a position like you are, mm-hmm. but you also are a mother mm-hmm. and a wife. Mm-hmm. And the dynamics for a female, mm-hmm. I don't think us as men always appreciate. Mm-hmm. that. So talk to us about being a female and having to wear mama, being the CFO, yeah, being a wife. Talk about those dynamics and how, how, how you manage that. I th- um, it's important to me that I have balance. That is one of the things that drives me. So I am not going to be my best self at work if I am not getting my needs fulfilled in my mm-hmm. family life. So for me, very early on, it was important that if I was going to have a career and I was going to continue to move forward, that I had some level of balance around family. Mm 
-hmm. So it was important. My kids were in sports, mm -hmm. sports nuts. I'm a sports mom. Yeah. Uh, it was important. I was never going to miss anything. Mm -hmm. So for me, what that meant was I wasn't going to fall back on my position or my jobs, but I was able to work in flexibility. And it didn't matter to me if I left at four to go to a game, mm -hmm. I'd log back on at seven. Right. I think many times there were people or women along the way that would want to know how I did it between eight and five. Mm -hmm. And my reality is I didn't. Mm -hmm. If I found that flexibility during the day, it didn't bother me one bit to log back on after the kids were in bed or whatever mm -hmm. it was that needed to get accomplished that day. And that's what worked for me because it allowed me to ensure that I was covering both bases. That's what mm -hmm. I needed personally. I think the other thing you asked, just more of a female, I think sometimes it can be harder to be strong mm -hmm. and to be able to have your voice mm -hmm. um, and not be perceived um, negatively for that. Yep. And so it was very important to surround my people, myself with people that were supportive of that and to not be afraid to speak it, um, but then also do it in a way that is you know, sensitive to, you know, the people around mm -hmm. you. So mm -hmm. um, ensuring that you carry the strength, even though you're female, that can mm -hmm. sometimes be a delicate balance. And but I felt it was important not to to try to back off of that. Yeah. And I think that's great wisdom for females, mm -hmm. especially strong females. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To, to, to be able to have and use those exact tools. Yep. So what's your routine look like? My routine for me is I have to have a balance. So back to that family mm -hmm. balance. My, my routine is I don't, the one thing I have to do if I get stressed or if things are just out of whack, I have to have my exercise. That's mm -hmm. my release. So that is one of them. Mm -hmm. Faith is important to me. So I practice mm -hmm. my faith regularly. That has to be a part mm -hmm. of my life as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, family, I have to, mm -hmm. if there's important things going on, I have to be able to make time for that. So those are the things that provide me balance. Mm -hmm. And I have to be able to, to keep them all functioning mm -hmm. in order to be healthy. For me, it's about yeah. having a healthy mind. Yeah. Those yeah. are the things that help me keep a healthy yeah. mind. Yes. My wife always teases me and says, I don't exercise for me. I exercise for everybody else around right? me. So I, keep I would be one of those. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what would you tell the listeners here? And just give them some wisdom. I mean, a lot of times people say, well, I, I'm not a leader or I don't mm -hmm. consider myself a leader. Yeah. And if they're on this path to become a better leader, where do they start? What should they do? Well, one, I think be very open-minded, be mm -hmm. open to approaches, be open to um, how, how others do things. Don't always necessarily be set in one way mm -hmm. of how you do things. I think also be inquisitive. You know, I think the ability to be a good leader comes from a lot of experiences. It comes from how you manage things. And you don't get that unless you mm -hmm. actually continually have experiences and can speak and walk the talk, if you will. So yeah. be inquisitive, um, always be engaged. You know, part of it is even to, to really, again, find that mm -hmm. passion. You have to engage in mm -hmm. all of the conversations that you have. So don't be distracted. Mm -hmm. Don't, you know, be a listener at all yeah. point in time relative mm -hmm. to that. So I think those are some of the key things. So as an amazing leader as you've become, I've got one last question. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, these are tremendous nuggets for those listeners. How in the world does somebody as smart as you become a Pittsburgh Steeler fan? <laughs> you have a brother who was very influential when you were growing uh, up yes. in the 70s. Right, so right. We'll give you a pass. <laughs> and I'm very smart in yes. that aspect. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Saying that to a Vikings fan, right? Right. Well, thank you. 
this is great information. And for all you listening there, there's just so many nuggets there that just whatever one of these resonate with you, start to look at passion. Are you listening enough? Do you have the courage to speak up? Do you have the courage to get behind decisions sometimes you don't want to get behind? And start to observe those people that can help level you up in your leadership. So again, Julie, thank you. Thank you. You. You can find more thoughts on how to move beyond bricks at drnathanunruh.com. 